Welcome to the Foundation Podcast. My name is Simone Scott and I'm going to be sharing some South African stories of hope with you. My goal is to give you more information about the great things that people out there are doing to improve our country. After quite a few months of researching and contacting NPOs, I came across Clean School Initiative. I liked the sound of this organization immediately because they focus on providing education to one of Port Elizabeth's struggling areas. In the past few years, I've really learned that education is probably one of the most powerful tools that we can use to help create change into the future. I've also learned that sadly many South Africans don't have access to quality education and that even if they are able to pay school fees, sometimes there are still so many other obstacles that can get in the way of a good education. Off the top of my head, I can think of two issues that truly impact on education. The first is transport to school. Not everyone has a car and public transport can be expensive. The second is that many children have to study on an empty stomach. How do you get the most out of school when you can't get there every day? Or how do you concentrate when you're hungry? School fees are another big expense for low-income households. Clay School Initiative was formed to address these problems and more, and they've been working into this community for the past 20 years. I was curious about what attracted Tersha Mustin, the current CEO of Klein School Initiative, to the Klein School area in particular. Although the initiative was started by Butt and Aniki Walker many years ago, she is the one who is currently running it. Tersha was kind enough to give up some of her time to tell me more about what they do and why they started working into this community. Before I met with Tersha, I obviously did a bit of reading about the work they do at Klein School Initiative by looking at their Facebook page and reading about them. I was curious to know how many children they help, and in my reading, I came across the number 14. When I asked Tersha to confirm how many people they assist on a regular basis, I was pleasantly surprised to learn that so many others are also benefiting from Clay School Initiative's help. I think there was, um, my godmother runs Mission Vale Care Centre, and um, I, the, my natural feeling was to, was to start there, but then, um, when I was still very young, um, we were friends with Aniki and Bert Walker and it, Aniki would always say, come with me. Even when I was in school, I used to go out and like, come and see what we do. And it just, it just happened. I mean, we were always around Klein School. So there wasn't like a specific, oh, this is the, the target place. It's just where my heart led me and that's where I ended up. <laughs> We have a lot of children that we provide food and um, not just children, um, the grandmothers are mostly in charge of the houses. So we've got about 50 grandmothers, which then means 50 families that we, um, we provide food for every week. We make sure that they have dry staple food that they can go and cook and, and make sure. And then um, the, the children that you saw is the children that we pay school fees for. Um, that's uh, that's between 14 and 20. The other children we will we will help where, where we see there's a need, but they are not on our books at the moment because, unfortunately, the children go to school until they're about 13, and then a lot of the time, as soon as they are are 13 or 14, the the parents says to them, "You need to have a child because we need the sasa money." So I have a lot of children that has children. So we opened a creche for the children's children. <laughs> and um, we have about 50 children. Harvest took that over as well. They were so grateful. We were so grateful for them to help us. 
um, because it was on their property, it's safe. We, it was our property first, but when they took over, they took everything over and we said, we, we, we just need help. We can't anymore. We, we're basically two women at the moment. We needed the, the backup. So Harvest took the crash over as well. We, we, we started the crash. We made sure that they had everything. And in, but it's on Harvest's ground, so they took responsibility for it, which is amazing. So we have um, about, there's about 20 children in the crash. And they, we make sure that they are fed and that their parents can finish their school. So we pay the parents' school fees and Harvest looked after the children. <laughs> so, so, because we've got quite a few children that has children that's in school. We just really try to get them to, to finish, that they can get a, a proper job. As I listened to Tersha, one thing became incredibly clear to me, and that is the power of sharing the work that you do as an individual with others. Who knows what would have happened if she had not been exposed to this kind of work by Buddha and Aniki from a young age. Her love for the community grew because she got to know more about the people and about their problems. This has made me realize again that there's so much value in the simple act of sharing the good work that you do, especially sharing it with young people. This can help instill in them a love for helping others and for making a difference. Another thing that quickly became apparent during my meeting with Tersha was that they face many obstacles at Clean School Initiative and that financial aid is actually the best way to support their work at this stage. Um, we have people in Clean School that um that work from a, a little house that we have. Um, it's a pastor that um, works with us. So she does the, the groundwork at the moment. Um, it's become extremely dangerous um, to go in, into clan school. So we, we try to not go in there ourselves at the moment. Um, we, about three weeks ago, four weeks ago, the children, we were having a children's church and the gang started fighting and the one guy ran up to the gate where our children were in and they shot him dead right in front of our children. And so we try to keep it small, we try to keep it very low down at the moment. Um, so we just make sure that they have what they need. We, we go, the, uh, the pastor comes in to me, um, I give them the dry food that they can go and make parcels and everything like that and then they go and do it because it's just not safe at the moment it's it's sad because I mean I grew up basically there it's I've always been I've never been afraid of the area but the last two three years the gangs have totally taken over they if you want to operate in the area you need to pay the gangs uh, protection fee so um, if we don't pay them a thousand rand a month protection fee you can't operate so it's just too dangerous it's really and what I mean one of the, the the pastors their grandchild is in the gang and they have to pay their own grandchild protection fee otherwise they can't operate so we we've been just it's just not safe at the moment unfortunately we worry about the children obviously but so we, we try to keep small groups um, more often we would do every day but just have like five or ten children at a time that because as soon as they see there's a lot of traffic it's going to be a problem so yeah we're literally feeling like we <laughs> we're spies at the moment <laughs> something else that is also becoming increasingly clear to me as i go about meeting people from different npos and of course through my chat with tertia is just how important it is to intervene early on in people's lives if you want them to get the best chance in life 
Tersha has some great stories to share about individuals who have grown so much because of receiving assistance from Clane School Initiative. We tried with the parents. Uh, they are too far gone. They, they feel like there is no hope. And um, the, the alcoholism is, is bad. They, 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 is, they are at a point where they just can't function without the alcohol anymore. So we try to get the children to at least have an education. What we do is we make sure they have an education. We have some of the children that's in college at the moment. Um, like we had a girl that, a um, very bright girl, but because she started using um, tick, she lost her teeth. So she she decided, listen, I need to get, she felt pregnant, she wanted to get her life in order. So we got a dentist to, to, gave her, to give her like proper teeth. And um, then we got a, a job at Fashion World. And within three months, she was manager at Fashion World and she was like sorted. It, um, we, we work with um, an organization called Work for a Living. They, so they teach them practical skills. They do um, teach them how to be cashiers and petrol attendants and those things. And then they help them to find a job. And we on our side, we try to see where we can get them contacts. We will, we will pay the first month's worth of transport that they can get to work and make sure get them on their feet and, and get them sorted. As we chat, I realize that the problem of truly helping someone get on their feet is actually quite complex. It's not just about getting someone a job and then that's that. Often when you get a new job, you only get paid at the end of the next month. And in all of that time, you need to be able to feed yourself and maybe even your family. You need to be able to buy the right clothes to go to work in. And you need to be able to afford transport to get to work and back. At Claim School Initiative, they're aware of these issues and they provide that much needed practical help to their beneficiaries. We have one girl that got a, um, a bursary at, at university and until everything was sorted, we paid for clothing, we paid for makeup, we paid for the, the transport, everything, until she got, okay, now she's getting her money and then she could go on and she's in the last year this year. But that it's just that getting that help because how do you get to school if you don't if you don't have transport? How do you get there? So it, we made sure that they are settled, at, and then we're like, okay, you are settled down. Now we can go to the next person and and help them. So we we try. While Tersha was sharing these amazing stories with me, I started wondering how many people have actually benefited from the support of the Clean School Initiative over the past twenty odd years. I don't think we can have a number. I honestly don't. I mean, in twenty years to Everybody we, we, we've helped and, and tried. There's a lot that would, as soon as they get sorted, they would move away and, and or go back and, and help the community. We had quite a few young guys that would go and they would either um, we helped them get forklift licenses and those kinds of things, and then come and open a business there. So um, you know, I, I wouldn't be able to put any <laughs> any number on that, unfortunately. But um, it's a lot. <laughs> Tersha and her team clearly have a lot to be proud of. Positive change seems to have had a knock-on effect with some beneficiaries going back and helping others in their community. So much work has been done and so many lives have been touched. That's clear to me even if there isn't a concrete number readily available. Often when I meet with organizations, I like to ask more about the people who are currently volunteering with that organization, as well as how we as the public can get involved. 
Sadly, all activities in Klein School had to be put on hold at the moment due to safety concerns. We have um, on our board and our um, volunteers, we are about 10 that is really permanent, like involved. Then we have Krakakama um, Dutch Reform Church and their whole youth is involved. They, they help and um, even their, um, their women's groups. Um, the women groups used to come in and uh, teach the women um, sewing skills and um, needlework and um, we used to teach them how to make um, bags out of um, recycled shopping bags like those kinds of things so they, they, we have a lot of people that, that is helping we had to unfortunately stop everything at the moment because of we don't want to put anybody's life in danger so as soon as it's safe again we, we, we've got people waiting to help us and we've got quite a few teachers that's also willing to go and help we do um, uh, math lessons and Afrikaans and English lessons that we um, did weekly and um, yeah, unfortunately at the moment due to COVID we stopped with that but we were going on with that um, harvest let us use the premises still they have a classroom that we would teach maths and English and Afrikaans on a weekly basis. But unfortunately, because of safety, it is best for members of the general public to stick to financial support at the moment. Yeah, it's, um, it's not safe to go in there at the moment because unfortunately, because everybody's at home, the gangs got bigger and stronger because they have all of these people around now. And um, there's two gangs that is fighting and they have their, their sides and there's a place they call the Flaki. It's literally a, an open piece of land and it's about 100 meters and that is the neutral ground. And if you want to go from the one side to the other side, you have to pay your fare to go through. And the gangs are literally shooting each other in that little open space. So we, we tried not to put anybody's life in danger. It's just not worth it. So between you know, COVID having all of these people home and because we, we try to not have too many people in there, it's just, yeah, we, we only are doing basics until we hope we can start again soon and really make a bigger impact. So now that we've established that the best way to support Klein School Initiative's work at this time is through financial contributions, I asked Tersha for a breakdown of their needs and the different sponsorship options available. Also remember, our school fees and Klein School school fees are a huge difference. Um, Klein School school fees is 150 rand a year. There's a huge difference between me paying two and a half thousand rand because my child's in a public school <laughs> and, and 150, they usually, it's, it, it's 150 rand a year. And then, um, then you get a, uh, the, the, you start, the, like the, your, your admin fee for the year is 250 rand. So that is all school fees that you ever need to pay in Klein School. <laughs> it's like, we, we go through, um, the children that's on our books, they are at um, Auto Duplessis or at Silhia, and that is also like 150 rand, 250 rand a month, because they are now in, in smarter areas. The ones that's are, that's in Clone School Primary is 150 rand for the year. They, that's all you need to pay. 
So, um, and then the, the other ones are about 150, 250, that goes to school here. That, that's per month. But um, yeah, sc uh, Clan School, school itself is just 150 rand a year. On top of school fees, there are obviously also quite a few other expenses involved in helping these young students get to school and ensuring that they're productive while they're there. I think the, the, our biggest expense is taxi fare. Um, our taxi fare is 260 rand a week because they go far. Uh, some of them are closer, but the, the ones that, that really has, so that's 260 rand a week. And that's basically our only expenses, except for in the beginning of the year, which is 150 for the school fees. And then I think it's 250 for the, 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 the admin and the books and those things. That's the only expenses that we have. But the taxi fare is killing us. Because think about it, if you, if you have 10 children on your books at 260 a week, we, we're spending a lot on taxi fare. We were even considering getting a, a, a taxi, like getting an actual combi to, to drive them, but it's not safe. We, we definitely need somebody that helps us with the, the transport. If we can get somebody that says, okay, listen, we are sponsoring this children's, there's a taxi that we can sponsor, that would be awesome. Um, also, school clothes, school clothes are expensive and because they walk so far, um, the school shoes, I have to buy school shoes every three months at this stage. Um, th those are the practical things. And then also food. The children are going to school hungry, which is a huge problem because they can't concentrate because they're too hungry. So um, that's also just literally just food would make a huge difference in those children's lives. We have a small area and even if you can just, if somebody can just make it prettier for them that would also be great i mean we, it's a little room that we had to build on on somebody's house but it would be awesome if that could be a safe space for them um, at this stage we try to make it as safe as possible for them but we just don't have the funds to actually like put up huge gates and like really this is your safe here so yeah we um it's it's also still just a tin house as I reflect on my conversation with Tersha, I realize that even the smallest financial contribution can truly make a difference in another person's life. Imagine how much more a person would be capable of later in life if they had access to education. And even though it probably shouldn't be up to us as private citizens to ensure that this happens, to me that actually isn't the main thing to focus on here. People need help, and my small contribution can actually help them. So that's what I'm choosing to think about today. For pretty much the price of one restaurant meal, I can actually help equip another South African to do a little bit better in his or her future. If you'd like to adopt a scholar or to offer your help in any other way, why don't you reach out to the Clan School Initiative via their Facebook page. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, you can find us on Facebook at Foundation Podcast or visit our blog for more details about this episode, including the organization's contact details. Thank you.